Hi and welcome to the Corporate Life Podcast. My name is Hina Siddiqui and I loved and hated my corporate jobs for years. This podcast is going to empower you to go high on your career without losing yourself. I invite you to join me each week as you will hear real cool stories of the real cool corporate people doing real things in the corporate world and their experiences and advice can change your story too. Hi, this is Hina Siddiqui. You are listening to the Corporate Life Podcast. Let me ask you this question. Who plays the most important role in the success of any corporate organization? I'm sure you guessed it. It's employees. And before they are employees, they are humans. They need to be inspired, directed, led and coached to be and do their best. The best organization is the one that invests in their people's growth and well-being. So that's where coaches come into picture. Coaches are those specialized people who make this difficult task possible for organizations. Today we shall talk about some aspects of this rapidly expanding leadership and coaching industry with my very special guest Tarjan B. Venteros. Tarjan is a credentialed leadership development coach, trainer, and founder of Tarjan Renderos Coaching Company. She helps companies integrate a coaching approach to management for their leaders so they can easily navigate the most challenging parts of people management, such as conflict and tough conversations with ease, utilizing workshops, coaching, consulting, and innovative modalities such as learning collaboratives. She's managed National Training Center, served as a former DEI director for JSI, and conducted training for companies including Twitter, Cooley, LLP, Intel, and others. She has coached thousands of clients based on her proprietary MCDC framework and has been featured in Thrive Global, Modern Health, Numi, and TEDxBU. Okay, so I'm super excited to have Tajan with us today. Hi, Tajan. Welcome to the show. Hi, Hina. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being with us today. Tajan, being a coach myself, I understand the massive need and importance of the coaching industry as now we are in the best times where most of the professionals are privileged enough to hire coaches to reach new levels of success, growth and well-being. This industry is one of the fastest growing industries. As you are a very prestigious name in the coaching and training field, I would love to know from you, what do you think is driving this rapidly expanding coaching industry? I love that question. I think there are a number of factors that are driving this rapidly growing coaching industry. I think one big factor has been COVID. The week of the beginnings of COVID-19, where there's just kind of this global kind of chaos and people not understanding what's going on, what it will mean, quite literally. I mean, if you look at the data now, most people have been um, directly impacted by COVID-19, meaning a immediate family member, somebody very close to them has passed away. So just dealing with the significant um, grief associated with, with the pandemic, dealing with people's feelings of anxiety and chaos, it became very easy for HR executives to get the go-ahead from a CEO to yeah. bring in a coaching company. So what we've seen is a lot of these coaching companies in recent years have kind of exponentially grown. That's a big factor. 
one of the many. I I agree with that. Uh, with COVID, people uh, actually were so scared of everything, and the organizations needed to uh, you know keep their uh, their employees in the best state of mind. And I think uh, where uh, coaching is is best to suited for for such people and organizations. Yeah. And Tajan, by the way, I was just watching your uh, TEDx talk and it's just incredible. And I would suggest my audience to go and watch it. I will include the link in the show notes section. I come from a corporate background and I remember that in trainings, most of the people used to sit just because they had to or perhaps they were forced to. As you conduct such training events, what has been your experience with your audience? Hmm. Well... I share that experience as well. Mm -hmm. I come from a corporate background as well. And I have sat through trainings um, that weren't the best trainings that feel like a waste of time. So Mm -hmm. in my own work, my approach to leadership development, um, I I use the MCDC framework. What does that mean? Um, It means I'm working with leaders to focus on those four things that are part of that overall pie, if you will, mindset issues. Yeah. Now, in order to work on leadership mindset issues, meaning if I'm a leader and I'm struggling with imposter phenomenon, if I'm a leader and I'm struggling with perfectionism, which is leading to burnout for me, a workshop is not going to work for that. Absolutely. So my approach to training is I don't just do training. I take a multimodal approach. So for the mindset part of my framework, I'm doing one-on-one coaching for the the C, the 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 C in the MCDC framework, the communication part. That is works in a learning collaborative framework. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the drawbacks of workshops is it's didactic. Sometimes they're one-off. Um, and there's no personal commitment to doing something differently when you go back to your desk, nor is there accountability built in. Yeah using a learning collaborative framework as opposed to a workshop framework um, is a modality that allows folks to come into a learning group setting where they are setting personal commitments. They are kind of saying, I am going to be moving in this direction. There are performance measures attached to it. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain level of accountability that is a part of that process. So I, I lean on that modality versus workshops to address communication needs. So having tough conversations, navigating conflict, having tough conversations about performance reviews, giving people tough feedback, Mm -hmm. all of those things come under communication and delegation. And that I address in a learning collaborative format where people are learning together. Yes. And you are expected to do something differently when you go back to your desk and bring back that learning to the group. Now, the final part of the framework that, um, I suppose that I think is a little bit different than what we see in the industry right now is the final C is culture. Where most corporate trainings go wrong is they just do workshops. Yeah. And nowhere, let's say there's learnings in the workshop that need to be elevated to the COO, that need to be elevated to the C-suite. Right. It doesn't happen. The learnings stay right there in the workshop. I insist that when I'm coming in, we are going to be gathering information, gathering data around all the structural, procedural process issues. And in fact, as part of this overall program, 
there will be consulting on your organizational culture. Because even if the workshops work well and people are improving, if I put you as a fish back in toxic water, it doesn't really matter if you, if you, if you, if you made progress, if the career pathways and certain structures and procedures and policies are, are working against you being a great leader, it doesn't really help. So we have to work on the organizational culture as well. And so that is an agreement that I, that I walk in with from, from the get-go. That's beautiful. And I would also like to add that uh, to have a sustainable change, there has to be a lot of mindset and energy shifts. Uh, behavior is something that we see at the surface level and what is underneath that behavior has to be, you know, it has to be reconditioned. And uh, yeah. it's it's very unique to people, very you know, unique to every individual because everybody has a different kind of unique mindset issue or, you know, mindset stuff. So uh, it has to be unique. And I really like that approach, like where uh, people need to be dealt with, you know, at the individual level. Absolutely. When it comes to looking for a job, most people get it wrong. They would keep on using their one and only resume to apply for any and every open job position in their industry without getting clear on what's right for them. They would avoid correct and targeted networking and stay dependent on job sites. And the truth is that over 70% of jobs are never posted on job boards or job websites. Plus the wrong and scarcity mindset and lack of self-belief, and this is huge. But unfortunately, most job seekers don't deal with this. And no wonder that they keep on struggling with their job hunt and most of them will make a compromise by accepting just any random job because they want money to pay the bills, which is a valid reason. If that's you, come join me on my job search coaching program where I guide you through with the right strategy, your mindset upgrade, which is about 80% in all my programs and taking inspired and focused consistent action. You may book a free strategy call with me. Find the link on the episode page. What can be done to make training events interesting and engaging according to you, Tajan? I think for training events to be engaging and interesting, they have to be centered on the folks, the trainees, Mm -hmm. right? Any good trainer should be doing some form of training assessment, some form of assessment before going in there. Right. Needs to inform heavily the work because oftentimes companies may come to external corporate trainers and say, hey, we need a training on X, Y, Z. Yeah. And you do an assessment and you realize that like, hey, your people actually have said that is will not be helpful to them. And in fact, they want this, Mm -hmm. right? So I think companies need to, you know, be willing to pivot and trainers need to be willing to make a stand um, and to have some boundaries around that. I think what happens far too often is what I'm seeing is a lot of corporate trainers are going, working with large or companies, large companies saying, hey, we need this workshop. Mm -hmm. And the corporate trainer knows that one workshop is not going to work. Like a bystander training in one hour, for example, something that's completely unreasonable. It's not going to work. It's yeah. it's faulty by design. I think what needs to happen is A, organizations need to be a little bit more malleable to feedback yeah. and need to 
who are willing to pivot and be corporate trainers need to not just say yes for a check. Exactly. I love that. And uh, Tarjan, would you like to uh, talk a bit about uh, what do you think HR executives should be aware of when investigating coaching vendors? Yeah, I think there's a lot that folks need to be paying attention to. It's a rapidly growing industry, which is good. It is good that coaching is no longer relegated to the C-suite and that first-time managers, individual contributors can have access to coaching. That is fantastic. Yeah, I'm all for it. Oftentimes, though, I think HR executives, CHROs, chief people's officers, et cetera, training and development um, leads need to get really clear on their goals and whether or not coaching is, in fact, the right modality. So a lot of CHROs might think like, hey, you know, I want my leaders to be more confident. I want them to, for example, let's use that as an example. I want my leaders to be more confident at the end of this coaching. Yeah. HR executives need to make sure that the coaching company is measuring those things. Yeah. They need showing you data on that, quantitative and qualitative data, mm. specifically crux on the measures that you are trying to move. You need to be asking these vendors to be giving you data mm-hmm. on organizational cultural shifts that need to be made mm-hmm. and policy and procedural shifts that need to be made. In other words, you should be asking these vendors to have their coaches, all the coaches who are working on that particular organization's um, account, mm-hmm. they should be having a focus group with those coaches so that we can at least aggregate themes related to organizational, cultural, procedural, structural issues that need to be addressed. So that is without breaking any confidentiality or any issues like that, but being able to gather the coaches, the vendor should do this, gather the coaches to say, hey, this company C-suite wants to know if there are any procedural, cultural norms, any of those kinds of issues that are getting in the way of them becoming a more confident leader and and growing in, in their leadership capacity. That data needs to be mined. I don't think vendors are a offering that, nor are HR executives asking. They ask for it, they would get it because they want they 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 want your business. So they they can accommodate it. It's not an impossible or unreasonable request, and it serves as a win for the organization. It serves for a win for the coaching company, and it serves a win as a win for the the employees who are going through coaching programs. Yeah, I I think it, you said it very rightly that HR executives need to pay really uh, you know good attention to what coaches can offer. And I also see that as we grow high and climb the corporate ladder, there's a different set of blocks that need to be dealt with in order to not only reach the next level, but also to be comfortable at the current level of growth. And I think these trainings and coaching uh, companies need to deal with such issues as well. Tajan, what's the best way to contact you? Um, the best way to follow me or to, to, to get to me would be to get to me on my website, which is www.tajanrenderis.com. Also, I'm really active on LinkedIn. Okay. I put out a lot of content there. So I would encourage you to follow me on LinkedIn and, um, I'm, I, I put out content weekly 
on salient and emergent topics going on. Those are ways to get in touch with me. I know, and I know those links will all be in the show notes for you all. Yes, of course. I'm going to include all those links in the show notes section so that listeners can find you there and follow you on LinkedIn or contact you. Uh, you know, the HR people can contact you if they are in need of the fabulous services that you offer. Tejan, it was so full of knowledge conversation and I thoroughly enjoyed it while learning a lot from you. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me here. That's it for this week. Connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know how did you like this amazing conversation with Tajan B. Renderos. I'll see you next week. Love you guys and girls. Stay happy and safe. Thank you for tuning in. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and go to my website, authorhina.com for life and career changing tools and resources. Be sure to download and read my book, Secrets of the Six-Figure Employee with Zero Stress. It's available on Amazon.